1: Welcome to episode 118 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson, and I have Kurt Mortensen here with me. We're locked and loaded for more persuasion. We appreciate all of you listening and want to continue to extend our offer that we've been doing for the last couple of shows. Tweet us, right? Retweet. Whatever you Twitter folk talk about when you're, you're talking about tweeting. I can get to be a mouthful really quick. But our, our Twitter handle is Max. Go ahead and retweet something or follow us or share one of our posts on Facebook. And then just email us at MaximizeYourInfluence at gmail.com once you have done that, and we'll confirm it, and we're going to give you a free whole year subscription to UniversityOfPersuasion.com, which, as we have clearly established, is valued at less than the cost of a Honda Civic, but you're getting it for free. Kurt, tell them about University Persuasion.
0: That would be much less. Well, that's a great place to go. That's the place where you have the 52-week program with the audios and the videos. That's the archives of the podcast. There's videos you can look up. There's the monthly download. A lot of great things. So, hey, you want it for free? Just have to retweet or repost it on Facebook. And if not, you can take a look at the website and take a look at our options. It is a great place to go to really master the world of persuasion and influence and take all the things we've been learning on this podcast and really truly implement them and become a power persuader.
1: If you are computer illiterate, I estimate this whole process will take you under two minutes. It's pretty easy. If you're computer literate, you probably have it done in like 10 seconds. So it's easy. Full year subscription, great tips. We've just found that one of the keys to becoming better at persuasion, it's a lot like exercise. You have to do it regularly. It doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be regular. And you can add those techniques to your arsenal so that next time you find yourself in a persuasive encounter like that, you've got more stuff to draw on, and it's because you took the time over time to learn more and more techniques. And so that's what we've really designed the University of Persuasion to do, is be a good tool for you to, to really develop that skill set. So
0: there we go. And, that, and that's a key factor. Just because you know the tool exists, and you can see the tool, and you can identify the tool, it's learning how to use the tool is the key factor here.
1: Yes. Yeah, I have a few tools in my garage that I know they exist. But it's better for everybody if I do not use them. (laughs)
0: That's probably true. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We've been doing some house projects lately, and I've kind of succeeded. I must be listening to the show or something because my wife wants me to do a lot of these projects. And I have convinced her that it is cheaper over the long term and faster and better to pay somebody that knows what they're doing. (laughs)
0: Hey, 10 points for you. But, you know, when you try it out yourself, it's always the quick projects that's going to take five minutes. Then five hours later and two phone calls and hiring a professional, like, wait a minute, I don't think that was worth it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it used to be that she would think, no, you can do it quick. And I've been able to say, no, you know how this goes. I wake up early, I go to Home Depot, and I come (laughs) home with the wrong stuff. And after an hour of cursing and doing it wrong, I got to go get more stuff. And this happens four or five times until around five o'clock on Saturday. I've completed the project for triple the budget, and you don't even like it.
0: That's right. And the people at Home Depot are like, yeah, we understand. It's your fourth time. <laughs> they understand. I think it's their business model. They just give you the look. <laughs> yeah, we do that on purpose. Okay, yeah. welcome back. <laughs> yeah, we,
1: we put ambiguous explanations on the packaging so you buy the wrong stuff. You know.
0: <laughs> they should say, okay, your second time back, you get a donut. Third time back, we'll give you a soda. Fourth time back, we're going to give you a hug. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Give us something. <laughs>
1: Well, there you go. So I don't know how that came up, but it did. And I think many of the listeners feel our pain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something about home improvement. It's just never done.
1: Never done. But yeah, once again, everybody, we appreciate you listening. The ways you can do that, the easiest, you can just go right to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can subscribe to us on the iTunes store or through uh, Google Play, I think is the way that you do that. I've, I've tried to pretend that I know what I'm talking about on the Windows platform as I insult our Windows users here. That's another way to do this, and the listenership continues to grow. Um, Many listeners, as always, from the Islamic Republic of Iran, Kurt.
0: Well, they're still coming. Is it growing over there? (laughs) I don't know what's going on, but they listen. I
1: maintain that it's like some hacker thing and that we're probably, our show is doing a terrible service because it's a platform for them to hack or something. I don't know.
0: Oh, all right. Well, hey, we'll take you all uh the... Welcome. <laughs> Welcome.
1: Thanks for listening, if you really, really are. but
0: Send us an email so we know who you are, so we can say who you are, at least. <laughs> I'm not sure they want that, do they? Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> all right, well, send us an alias. We're not going to know. <laughs>
1: yeah, you got to get some kind of a rotating IP server and send us a quick anonymous email. Yes, I'm here and I listen to your show. That's all I can say. Bye. Right? Exactly. Right. So I we're watching Homeland or something. All right, the banter is over. That's enough. You know, fixing uh, stuff and Iran, and it's always random. And I'm sure that the listeners always just love it so much. But before we do that, we got to do something that Kurt loves so much, and we got to cue that Urkel up.
0: All right, go, Urkel.
1: <laughs> Wonder how the listeners in Iran feel about Urkel.
0: They have no idea what we're talking about They probably just put up with it It's it's pretty amazing yeah. <laughs>
1: well, There's a pretty good article That uh, came out over the weekend And I actually shared it on the Facebook page and Twitter We actually do things on there And I figured that this would be a good article To talk about A. So that we could spare Kurt From his obscure journal references for one week mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll do the heavy lifting On the article this week And B. Kurt has done a fair amount of research On this topic we are going to elaborate on it on the show and give you some great tips on the topic of charisma, because wow, if you've got it, things just go so much easier for you when people are involved. So the art- title of the article featured on a uh, business com: scientists may have just discovered the secret to being charismatic. Oh, have they now? Mm. I majored in political science, largely a useless degree, um, you can make fun of things
0: that you are, right, Kurt? You know, like, I'm that, yeah, you okay. Can. I'm okay with that. You've already offended the uh, Windows user, so you're good on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've kind of felt like, well, a political science degree means you're going to make a lawyer, which we don't need any more of those, or you're going to be a professor of political science. So it just kind of is a self-perpetuating thing. So Now that I've made them mad, but I can't because I am one of them, I thought about doing my my senior thesis on charismatic leaders and I didn't end up doing it because I thought, well, how do you really measure that? Um, I'm sure there, you know, we could talk about that a lot, but ultimately the purposes of being purely scientific, I just didn't know how I was going to measure charisma. But scientists are starting to pay attention to it, allegedly. Uh, Directly from the article, new social science research offers a glimpse into the inner workings of impressive people with findings that help explain what makes some individuals more charismatic than others. The secret? They're quick thinkers. The study, led by William von Hippel at the University of Queensland in Australia, featured two experiments involving a total of 417 participants. All participants took intelligence and personality tests. They also had friends rate them on how charismatic and socially skilled they were. Maybe that's how you do it. You have your peers rate you. To measure charisma, the researchers asked the friends how charismatic, funny, and quick-witted the participants were. To measure social skills, they asked the friends whether the participants were good at handling conflict comfortable in a range of social settings, and good at interpreting feelings. Finally, the researchers set out to measure the participants' mental speed. In the first experiment, the participants were asked to respond to a series of prompts, such as, name a precious gem, and researchers measured how long it took them to answer. In the second, they had to indicate which side of the computer screen a dot appeared and whether pairs of patterns were the same or different. Again, they measured how quickly these participants reacted. And so ultimately, Kurt, what they concluded was, if they've got a good feel for the social side of things, right, they've got some tact there and they understand social nuances and they're also a quick thinker, that's a tremendous asset in being charismatic. Because I, I think that we would both agree that one of the main attributes of having charisma is just being able to say the right thing at the right time instead of being able delaying and thinking and saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. you got to have those two pieces. So being relatively a quick thinker and having good social skills, bam, you've got a good chance of being charismatic. What do you think about that, Mr. Author of The Laws of Charisma?
0: I agree. I definitely agree. You have the, the social side. We can talk about that. But the quick thinking side, most people really don't think about as far as being able to say the right thing at the right time, at the right moment, being able to get your audience to laugh, to smile, not to offend them all these things come into play and it has to be done at the right moment. You know, when you're teaching seminars, when somebody says something and the right quip and the right quote and the right saying makes a huge difference when you're working with people. I definitely see that. In fact, that was one of the surprises when I was doing the research for Laws of Charisma uh, along the same lines is how much intuition came into play when you was interviewing charismatic people and leaders and, and CEOs. It's not something that they talked about all the time, but I put that in the same category as far as being able to trust your intuition, to follow your intuition. And the research shows that that when we really get in sync with our mind, that we can follow that intuition. It and, and increases our ability to think quicker, but it also increases our charisma.
1: The last line of the article here, and I did share this on the Facebook page and I tweeted it out. We'll put it on the blog entry when we post this episode of the podcast. I want to hear what you you think about this. In the short term, research suggests you can cultivate charisma by using concrete instead of abstract language and expressing feelings genuinely. What do you think about that?
0: Well, the feelings, yeah. More emotion, more impact, the feelings, using the right terms, verbal packaging is all part of that. Another interesting part of that, too, is that charismatic people use a lot more analogies and metaphors that bring in the emotional aspect, but they're also using that concrete language that the words that you're using are resonating and making sense and they're not repelling the person.
1: And I think what they were getting at, too, with the that concrete instead of abstract, is as people do view you, is more uh, genuine. And and wouldn't you know it, they had a picture on the article of somebody. If you were going to write an article about charisma and paste a picture of somebody on there, who do you think it would be? I'm just curious. What would you do?
0: (laughs) Who Would it be? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't think of a truly, really charismatic person right now. Some people say Hitler was charismatic, but that would be bad. <laughs> he was. There's no denying the results. Yeah, I no, mean, look at that. Yeah. Obama used to be charismatic, but he's lost that over the years. Uh, I think you know Obama. the
1: answer to this one, Kurt.
0: Oh, Clinton. I was gonna say Reagan's up there. Clinton's up there. Was Reagan's very charismatic. Yeah. So you got. Uh, so they put Clinton there.
1: Yeah, there's Clinton. He's he's leaning back in his chair. He on about something. I mean, that guy was good he was good
0: he could connect with almost anybody he had some of those gifts that's for sure yeah
1: yeah it was it was amazing i in fact i as long as we're making fun of political science i had a professor in college and he was on the council of foreign relations and uh, this this professor told us about an instance where they went to a, a big dinner in washington dc and bill clinton was the speaker and i think this was shortly after um, his his term in office, and he was there. And uh, the Council of Foreign Relations is kind of seen to be a a liberal group, and, and I might get berated with emails on that, but that's generally the perception. And he was there with a couple of you know relatively conservative people, and they were, oh, Bill Clinton's coming. Gr- gr- grumble, grumble, right? And uh, he said, ten minutes into the speech, they were just in love with the guy; <laughs> they couldn't believe. <laughs> And because the topic was relatively ad lib, they gave him this topic and he didn't have a lot of time to prepare and he was just so smooth in his delivery and personable and they just couldn't help but appreciate uh, the skills that he had from, from the state. Uh, he's, he's one of the best there's ever been.
0: So I have a book publishing and convention once and he could just bring in the crowd. It didn't matter what people believed. Reagan had that gift too, to where yeah. it didn't matter where you were sitting on the aisle or what you thought that just brought everyone together. Everyone would feel good. And that's what charisma does. It brings everyone together and they dislike you, even though there's some issues they might not agree with you about.
1: I think that's one great thing about charisma is when you're dealing with ideology, that's, you know, you're just never going to change people's minds on that kind of stuff. Right. They say that a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still, but a, a charismatic person can come in and talk about a highly polarizing issue that people are emotional about. It's politics, it's religion, and when they're done talking about it, the true measure of somebody who's really charismatic is if somebody who is just vehemently against what they're talking about says, well, I see some of the points he made and I don't want to kill him anymore. I, I disagree, but you know, I, I respect him for what he said.
0: And, yeah, it's kind of like they've moved a notch to where, yeah, I still don't agree, but I can see why people are thinking that and, well, that's okay, but I still don't agree with this, but they've just kind of... Moved and they don't hate the individual for delivering the message. That's when you know you've tapped into charisma.
1: Yeah, that's that's what the really the really great ones have been able to do. So that's what we wanted to talk about on the the show today because I've seen it a lot. In fact, you and I knew a guy once that was a very very successful uh, network marketer. I think he got up to the point where he was making uh, ninety thousand dollars a month or something in his in his marketing company, and. He related a story to you and I that as he really just ascended through the ranks in this company and just set all the records on fire, the company kept contacting him saying, hey, you need to teach for us how other people can do this. Got to teach classes and whatever. And he would prepare his script and he would put it in front of these people and they would say it and nobody would get the same results as him. And obviously the whole point here was, well, it was him. It wasn't the script. There was something about him that was getting this done, that was getting massive amounts of people to join this company and to do these things and and set these sales records on fire. So that's something that's just so important that we want to talk about that, you know, there's, there's techniques, there's scripts and there's laws of persuasion and the stuff that we talk about on the show all the time. And then there's you. What about you as a person and your level of charisma? And so Kurt you train people all the time. You know, you're just down in Puerto Rico training people. You're Santa Claus, Indiana, or some Christmas place in Michigan, I think. <laughs> okay. What do you see, like, the average person who makes their money in sales, right? That they're on the eat-what-you-kill diet, pure commission. What are some of the main things that uh, about charisma that people are failing to realize they're failing to implement?
0: Well, first of all, charisma is critical, our success and persuasion and influence. I just want to point out that charisma can be learned. Too many people think, oh, I don't have it. They have the gifts the gab. They're the people person. Any of the things we talk about within the world of charisma can be learned, can be mastered. Some of you already have. You just need to fine tune. Some you need to really learn. Some will take a little bit longer than others, but they can be learned. I just want to point that out. And so as I did the research, trying to quantify, okay, what is charisma? Because when we see it, we know what it is. We feel it. It's awesome. And we want that but I had to sit down okay how do you quantify charisma and so there was kind of four categories that I came up with that really demonstrated someone that was charismatic and the first one is your presence i mean what do you radiate when you walk into a room do people notice and subsets of that are are you passionate about your product do you have the confidence you need that conviction are you optimistic do you even humor and happiness fall into that category to where you know, you're know, you bringing people up. What type of energy do you bring to the room? Are you sucking the life out of the room or sucking the life out of the person where they just need to take a nap, or do you energize them? They feel good about themselves. They can see themselves doing what you're asking them to do. That's your presence, what you radiate. People are just excited to be around you. They're excited to be influenced by you. They're excited to do what you're asking them to do because of your presence and what you radiate when you walk in a room, there's something about you, and that yes, that can be learned. A lot of people don't even think about when they walk in the room, what do people notice? What are they seeing? What are they feeling after you've talked to them for the first couple of minutes? Do they feel better about themselves, their future, where they're going, what they're going to accomplish about your product, your service? That all comes into the function of presence.
1: Okay, so it's presence then is one of the main things that people need to develop that your typical salesperson.
0: Exactly. And if I'd pick one there, or maybe even a couple of them, is first of all, your personal energy. You know, are you exercising? Do you radiate good energy? Do you look healthy? And then another one to add in that category, too, is passion. Do you really believe in what you're doing? When you're talking to people, are you singing the song or are you just singing the words and going through the motion you don't really care? Are you really a product of the product? Do you really believe that they need your product or service, that if they don't, they're going to fail, that if they don't, they're going to go to an inferior company? Do you really believe that? Do you have that passion? Do you transfer that energy when you're talking to somebody?
1: And we've talked about this before, and a lot of people don't like the answer. If if you don't have the passion, maybe you ought to change, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, you need to change or become a product of the product or talk to people that do love the product. A lot of options there that you can do to really increase your passion because you can do that. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we've got passion and energy for the product and then your your energy level for you as a person, the exercising, eating right, your appearance what about body language? How does that relate to charisma?
0: Well, that's another category, which I call the delivery and the communication, your presentation skills. I mean, you might walk into a room and it's like, ooh, ah, you're dressed sharp, you have a lot of energy. But if you're drooling all over yourself or <laughs> don't have the right gestures and you're fumbling and you're using vocal fillers, that's going to suck the life out of the room. And so when you talk about nonverbals, you got to talk about your delivery, your communication, as far as that presentation, whether it's a webinar, over the phone, the way you use your voice in front of people, it doesn't matter, your ability to present, your ability to persuade while you're doing that, you also need to take a look at your ability to tell stories, it's an amazing thing with charismatic people, because people are engaged in the power of stories, and we've talked about this before, but to go to a previous episode, is that stories persuade without detection, they bring people in, you are read more charismatic Part of your communication delivery is your ability to listen, your ability to develop rapport, the ability to use your eyes and your eye contact all incorporates that delivery, the communication, how you deliver that message. So you you have the presence, you're walking in the room, they're sensing that. Now you've got to fulfill that with the delivery, the communication, your presentation, the way you talk, the way you use your voice, the way you tell stories, the way you listen and use your eyes. All these things are incorporated in the way you deliver and communicate with people
1: i'd like to take just a minute and point out the, the groundbreaking advice that kurt has given on the show here that it's just not a great idea to be drooling all over yourself <laughs> if you want to be seen as charismatic i mean that's a that's
0: earth-shaking <laughs> it is do i need to mention a study on that or is that common sense oh, wow to... are
1: you kidding there's a study on that
0: <laughs> no i'm just making that <laughs> <one up. laughs> A yeah, study shows that drooling affects your charisma no there's no study on that one but that would be we need a sound effect they're like oh well, duh <laughs> the duh category but if there is one thing that you can besides the drooling work on your drooling let's assume that yes, you're yes. getting that Eliminate under control that. i would say really work on your ability to tell stories and eye contact we've spent time talking about eye contact your ability to look at people and and mirror their eye contact, not 100% of the time, because when you're looking at someone 100% of the time, that either means you're angry or falling in love, and neither one are probably good Mm -hmm. for your persuasion. But the average number is probably about 7%, but really understanding eyes, reading their eyes, the right amount of eye contact. It's amazing the research on eyes and what it does with the connection or disconnection with people and how important that is when you want to get that charisma and communicate your message effectively.
1: Good stuff anything else we should go over on charisma today
0: well there's a, two other categories we'll mention briefly here the one is what i call core qualities or maybe your inner charisma because if you don't have self-discipline if you don't have purpose if you don't have the focus creativity all in that there's that inner core qualities that you need that helps you radiate presence that helps you communicate there's the inside inside dictates the outside so i don't want people to think that's not important. It is. It's almost one of the most important things to where do you have that passion? Do you have that self-discipline? Do you have the courage? Those type of things, which were the most surprising findings while I was studying charisma. So you have to think about that. And then the other one is your ability to empower others. Can you inspire them? Do you understand self-esteem? Are you able to motivate them? Are you able to create a vision where they can see themselves doing what you're asking them to do? Those all fall into the categories. But the one thing I really want you to think about, too, that I want to add is that your insight, it matters. You can say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, it does. People sense it. They feel it. If you can't persuade yourself, you're not going to be very persuasive and you're not going to be very charismatic.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. And everybody, Kurt's got a book that uh, goes into a bunch of detail on this stuff, Laws of Charisma. It's on Amazon. You can get it just about any bookstore. Yeah, I think if they still have bookstores, but uh, Amazon.com, probably a really great place to to pick that up goes into a lot more detail on what we've been talking about here on the show today. So, in the meantime, Kurt, we need the blunder queued up.
0: Okay, Homer, give us the blunder.
1: Don't, don't, don't! Oh boy. So, it's the holiday season right now, and whatever your, your religious persuasion, if you have one it's kind of universally recognized, that it's a time of year to really think about how you treat other people. And we believe that on the show, and, and we think that that really parlays itself into persuasion, right? You don't know what kind of day your prospect is having. You don't know what they're going through. And so a lot of times, the techniques that we teach you on the show, you know, maybe you're wondering, hey, is this going to work here? And, and you know what? If you've got somebody having a really tough day or going through a tough point in their life, it it just might not. And it's not because the technique doesn't work. It's about timing. Like Kurt says many times, mood matters. So This guy's going to get a massive blunder because in this day and age, how you treat people, you never know who's watching. From newser.com, crying Walmart cashier teaches lesson in empathy. Talked about empathy a lot on the show. Treat people with kindness because they're fighting a battle none of us know about. That's the message Paige Yore wants people to take to heart, KFOR news reports. In a Facebook video with well over 20 million views as of Monday, Yor recounts her experience waiting in line at Walmart in Pueblo, Colorado. The young cashier, she says, was obviously having a rough day. To make matters worse, a customer he was ringing up was berating him. You suck at customer service, Yor heard the woman say. When the woman's payment card was declined, Yor recalls, things got even worse. She really lays into this kid like it's his fault. Yor told the woman, take it easy, and the cashier began to cry. He came around and hugged Yor. I'm weirded out, she recalls, and I hug him back, and he's sobbing. Soon the source of the cashier's anguish became clear. His mom had committed suicide that morning, he told Yor. And with rent and bills, he still had to work. I don't even have a mom anymore, and this lady is just yelling at me. So she gave him all the cash in her wallet and you know, took some time to spend with the guy. And and it's laid out this whole big, long video. And this lady who's... <laughs> First of all, if your card's getting declined, you know, don't yell at the cashier, right, Kurt? It's usually... <laughs> Not their fault. That's usually
0: up there with yelling at your waiter or waitress for bad food. This is not the right thing to do.
1: not a great idea, (laughs) especially when somebody is filming it and puts it on Facebook, and now you're just the schmuck of the century. We bring this up as, you know, we really think you're on the show. Treat people well. Treat them nice. Treat them with respect, especially this time of year where that's a big part of what everybody's trying to do. And that's a good habit to develop regardless I think we've said this on on the show before, Kurt. It's a quote from Brian Tracy. It's a good one. You can tell a lot about somebody by how they treat the waiters and the busboys of the world.
0: Mm, that's so true. That's a tragic story as far as, I mean, we just you just don't know what's happening, what's going on. We're always consumed with ourselves and our own thoughts and our own lives. We don't really think about what the other person's going through, what the prospect could have happened, who just yelled at them. The dog gets kicked and it's not the dog's fault and it's the same type of thing. And It is. That's part of being persuasive and charismatic, because you can prove someone's wrong. You can yell at them. It might be their fault, but it just shuts the doors to influence. It shuts the doors to charisma. It shuts the doors to influence. And everybody you meet can help you somehow in your business. They might know somebody. They can refer somebody. They might be interested. And if you're shutting all these doors, it can really sabotage you. In fact, it reminds me, I was talking to a presenter, fellow public speaker, that was, we were talking about hecklers. And, you know, of course, that's one of our favorite things is talking about hecklers, but this elderly gentleman in this audience, it was a corporation, he was speaking. It was only, a, I think, a couple hundred people. And this guy was had a little too much to drink. It was late, later in the evening, and he was heckling him. And he says, hey, why don't you just go home? You're not listening anyway. And he did. He left. He got up and left. And so did the rest of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And they found out later that was the CEO. Had a little too much to drink. That wasn't the right thing to do. But his wife had passed away two weeks earlier. Oh. And it was just all just like, who knew? Of course he didn't know, but you got to be careful. I mean, he probably deserved it. The guy was being mean. He was heckling. But, you know, you just never know, especially when you're in an influence persuasive situation. You got to be careful on how you treat people. You don't have the whole story. You'll never have the whole story. You've got to be very careful because there's always those circumstances where you're going to feel like, what's the scientific term, a schmuck? (laughs) I think you mentioned. Yeah, that's what I said. You're just going to like, oh, I didn't know. But you just got to be careful because there's other things happening. They're having a bad day. They might take it on you, but what's really going on? And if you find out why there's a bad day and give them the hug or the money from your wallet or whatever it is or just understanding, have a little empathy, all of a sudden, you've got a relationship. You've got a connection. You probably have a customer for life.
1: That's true it's true cuz we we've all had bad customer service and it's annoying it's frustrating uh, you know we blunder the that stuff like crazy here on the show and and so there's that balance between you know not getting walked all over and and you know being aggressive in business and knowing that on the other end of this there's a person and you know everybody's doing the best that they can and so we wanted to feature that article today and just keep that in mind for everybody especially this time of year and it's uh, always good advice to follow, especially when you're a persuader and you gotta, you know, get people to give you money and stuff, right?
0: Money and stuff. Money and stuff. It. Money and stuff.
1: <laughs> so that's just right below your your awesome advice of of no drooling uh, from <laughs> That's in- your
0: takeaway for the day. Stop the drooling. It's hurting your influence. <laughs>
1: Stop the drooling so you can get money
0: and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There it is. That's all you need to know. Yeah, all tied it.
1: up in a bow. There we go. <laughs> there's
0: your bow. There's your holiday present. You are good to go. <laughs> yep. yep.
1: <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for today, everybody. We appreciate listen- you listening to the show. Remember, follow us at Influence Max on Twitter or on Facebook. Subscribe to the show through iTunes or just check it out directly at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We'll catch you next week on another episode. Have a good one.
0: Take care and see you next week.